KSPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. We are the voice of L.A. Professional football in America is a special game. And yes, it is that time on your Saturday morning. Whatever you got, I need. All your football in one show. This is L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Let's set this place on fire. We ain't going to do nothing fancy. We're going to play on fire. Whatever you got today, I got to have it. It's What You Wanted, a show completely dedicated to football. Saturday on 710 ESPN from 9 to 11 a.m. Kirk Morrison is live and local and all over the Rams and the entire NFL. USC UCLA, the biggest high school football stories from across the Southland and taking your calls all morning. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. 710 ESPN. Good morning, good morning, and good morning, Los Angeles. Yes, we are back. We are back here. Took a weekend off last weekend, last Saturday, I should say, for the NFL draft, but we are back. I am so excited to be here with you. I am Kirk Morrison, the host of LA Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN. You can reach me at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram, 877-710-ESPN is our phone number, 877-710-3776. So much to get caught up on this edition of LA Gridiron Weekly. Got a lot. I got an action-packed, loaded show today. Outstanding guest list. I cannot wait to share with you. Coming up, 9.30 a.m. 9.30 a.m., Jim Nagy. Okay, Jim Nagy, he is the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. And if you watch the 2021 NFL Draft, a lot of players who played in the Reese Senior Bowl, one of the all-star games in college, There was a lot of players drafted from that bowl game. So a unique aspect from the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. We'll get his take not only on the draft, but a lot of those players actually who got drafted. Some with the Chargers, Rams, Raiders. Look, the Reese Senior Bowl was the hit of the NFL draft. Coming up at 10 o'clock. Set your timers. Get your alarms ready. Set it right now. J.B. Long. The voice of the Rams. Rams play-by-play announcer. He's coming on at 10 a.m. I can't wait to get caught up with JB. It's been way too long. Me and JB, uh, we have our conversations a lot of times. We're texting. We see something in the NFL, college football. Uh, Just always feel smarter after I talk to JB Long. We're talking football. And 1030, uh, Austin Eckler, running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He'll join me right here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. So, like I said, a loaded show, packed all the way through. But guess what? Your phone calls. Yes, we are going to be answering your phone calls and get everything that you want to get caught up on. I want to hear about how your team is. How did your draft go? I know this is L.A. Gridiron Weekly, but this is just about the NFL, college football, whatever you want to get off your mind, to get off your chest, let it be known. Call in, 877 877- 
ESPN. That's right, seven one zero three seven seven six. But like we always do to start the show, and how I used to start playing games in the National Football League, you got to start with the opening kickoff. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, and with the flash of the cameras going on. It's time for the opening kickoff. Now, the opening kickoff today brought to you by Mother's Day. Before we get this show started, I got to make sure I want to wish all the mothers out there, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, uh, it doesn't matter, man. Any person that you felt was a mom-like figure to you, living, dead, it doesn't matter, man. Just tomorrow is recognizing, uh, making sure that all the moms out there feel loved and i want to make sure that we do that so happy mother's day to all the mothers out there you are appreciated we love you so that's what the opening kickoff is today making sure that we make sure we tell our moms happy mother's day and thank you but last week everybody was the nfl draft and i can't believe we were already about eight nine days removed from Last Thursday, April 29th, the beginning of the NFL draft. And for so many people out there who may have watched the draft, may have missed the draft, it was, oh man, for me, it is the off-season, like, like, it's this big giant crescendo, right? It's this off-season mecca. It's so many words I try to describe what the NFL's draft is, because it's probably the biggest event in the NFL besides the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Think about it. The Super Bowl happens once a year, and we know everybody. We How many Super Bowl parties have we all been to, right? Because it's the big game, right? It's the big game. We're all together. We can go watch it at our friend's house, a bar. We go to Super Bowl parties. I know I've been different places to watch the game. I've covered the game the last six seasons except for this past Super Bowl down, um, you know, I missed that one down in Tampa due to the pandemic, but hopefully uh, I get a chance to cover it this year uh, or in 2022 when the game comes here to Los Angeles, February 13th at SoFi Stadium. But it's it's the off-season crown jewel. It is the second biggest event, and maybe if you if you think so, let me know what you think about the NFL draft, 877 ESPN, 877-710-3776. What do you think about the draft? How do you feel about the draft? Because I'll tell you, I looked at the ratings of the draft, and regardless of who was taking number one, number two, we all kind of already knew, people still watched. And it was fantastic. I watched. <laughs> for, for people who look, look, the first pick of the draft, you know what, I'll just let you hear. Here's the first pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. That was the biggest secret that was just, come on, man, really? Everyone knew about that. That wasn't even a secret anymore. We knew the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to take Trevor Lawrence. But that's what was fascinating about the draft is that we knew Trevor Lawrence was going one. We knew Zach Wilson was going two. But it was that pick number three, the San Francisco 49ers. They were picking three. And for all those listeners out there, hashtag LAGW for LA Gridiron Weekly on Twitter. 
we've been talking the last couple weeks about what will the San Francisco 49ers do? Because they were the ones that were kicking off this draft. They were the ones that everybody was such, to quote Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers currently, and we can get into that a little bit later, it was a beautiful mystery. A beautiful mystery of what the San Francisco 49ers would do at pick number three. The 49ers decided to draft quarterback Trey Lance, North Dakota State. After giving all the smoke about, oh, they're going to draft a Mac Jones, a quarterback out of Alabama. Could they go Justin Fields? And they go Trey Lance. And it works and it fits. But it was that suspense of what would the 49ers do that I thought really grabbed the attention of so many people. Again, record numbers for the draft over all the platforms or the different channels, streaming. And it is the biggest off-season event in sports. Like no other event. In, like the NFL was able to draw eyeballs for three consecutive days and outrate every other program on something that doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter in terms of wins and losses currently. The season doesn't start until training camps in August. Games don't start to September. And yet it was it was fun. And for football junkies like myself and uh, a broadcaster here for ESPN as well, football, college football, I got a chance to see a lot of the guys who I've covered the last two, three seasons in terms of watching guys who come in as a freshman. And I watch them as a sophomore. They're a junior and they're leaving early and they're going to the draft. And there's other guys who I watched it like, wow, that guy has done well in four years when I first saw him. Now he's getting drafted. So many great stories. What did you think of the 2021 NFL Draft? 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. How did your team do in this year's NFL Draft? How did they do? How did they do? How did your team do? Do you feel a little more confident now? Are you ready to start the season? Or you're like, what are we doing? Because trust me, there was a lot of those too. There's a lot of those head scratchers that usually come with the NFL draft when a team selects a player, maybe not rated where you thought he would, or many analysts would as well. So we're gonna we're gonna talk today. This is what today is all about on this Mother's Day weekend here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Like I said, so much to get a to get caught up on in the NFL. Jim Nagy at 9.30, J.B. Long at 10 o'clock, Austin Eckler 10.30. We are just getting started here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. But coming up, the Rams. They didn't have a first-round pick. But, hmm, they did get a 2-2. I'll explain that. Coming up next year, L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Happy Saturday, everyone out there. Happy Saturday on this Mother's Day weekend around Los Angeles, around the country. 877-710-ESPN. It's 877-710-3776. Reach me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison with your questions 
feel like it's been way too long since we've been all together in our group here, our family, LAGW, LA Gridiron Weekly. Um, the one thing I can say this, you, you got to understand what's going on. And when I say what's going on is that here in Los Angeles, it's been, you know, some cloudy days, I would say. Right. Dodgers sort of in a funk right now. Now the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, now they are the seven seed, which means that they're currently in the play in tournament of the NBA. So a lot of people obviously a little down right now. And I get that. But that's why you come here. That's why you come to L.A. Gridiron Weekly, because guess what? We won't talk baseball. We're not going to talk basketball. We're going to talk about a little something different. We're going to get our minds off of what's going on in baseball, in the NBA. We're going to talk a little football. And maybe it's football that's close to you or in our area, which we will definitely get into with the Rams, Chargers. But it could be your team outside of the L.A. market. It could be the Eagles. It could be the Washington football team, Miami Dolphins, whatever it may be. This is where our safe place is to come here, sit down, talk. I already posed a question. What did you think of the 2021 NFL draft? What did you think of it? Did your team do well? Did they not do well? Are you upset? Are you mad? This is what you can always do to come in and talk to us here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. The Los Angeles Rams did not have a first-round pick. They gave up that pick, not for Matthew Stafford. Okay, this is for, <clears throat> excuse me, the they gave up this pick. This was the second of the two first-rounders that the Rams gave to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so Mel the Rams first draft did not have a first-round pick this season. They won't have it the following season or the season after that. They've given up the first-round picks for players. <clears throat> the Rams have said, we value player right now over draft pick. So the Rams right now did not have a first-round pick in this year's draft. And they didn't have a first-round pick in last year's draft because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. And for people out there saying, well, they gave up the first-round picks, I'll tell you this. Giving up two first-round picks for a potential Hall of Famer, a all-pro cornerback, a guy that locks down one side of the field who's not afraid of any wide receiver in the NFL, I think the Rams made out. <laughs> yes, they made out with this deal. Because if you look at what's been drafted in the first round by the Jaguars um, in order for, the, for this trade for Jalen Ramsey, they're not getting back all pro players. <laughs> they're not getting back potential Hall of Famers. They're not getting back a guy of Jalen Ramsey's caliber. So with that being said, the Rams didn't have that first round pick because they gave it to the Jaguars. And the Rams made out with the deal. But the Rams still had a second round pick. And we knew that was the target for the Rams was round two. Would they trade? Would they move back? What would they do with the pick? There was a lot of ways that people thought the Rams would go. They can go offensive line. Maybe they can... That they can go secondary, cornerback, safety. Oh, no, no. Wait, maybe they go linebacker. Or maybe they go edge rusher. And yet when the Rams picked in the second round, they decided to take, I'll let you hear it. Here's who the Rams decided to take. 
Mel Kuyper's first draft analysis. Actually scouted his father who played wide receiver at Minnesota from 94 to 97. Tutu Atwell can fly. He's out of the Miami prep ranks. Tremendous in the open field after the catch. He's a kid who on jet sweeps, reverses his dynamic. He's got punt return ability as well. Here's a kid who had huge games. Go back to 2019. Led the nation with four receptions of 70 plus yards this past season as well. Outstanding. Tutu Atwell is that slot receiver return man. Hollywood Brown type. Get him the football. He can make things happen. Yes, the Rams selected Tretarius Tutu Atwell, all right, with their 57th or the 57th overall pick uh, in the second round. So the Rams went out and got a weapon with their first-round pick. They got a guy who I call him a joker player, a joker player, meaning that you can blind him up many different places on offense, but the biggest asset that he does have he has an ability to get behind a defense. I thought it was a good pick for the Rams, something that they actually, I think they needed. They need more guys who can get down the field because you've got a guy with a cannon of an arm in Matthew Stafford, and they can open up the underneath routes, the underneath routes for Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They need a burner. Look, Deshaun Jackson, I love Deshaun, but he is a guy that you can place in there for this year, maybe two at the max, but we're talking about the future of the franchise Tutu Atwell could be that future uh, for the wide receiving corpse for the Los Angeles Rams. 877-710-ESPN is the number. 877-710-3776. I told you, the phones are open. The couch is available. Come take a seat on the couch. We go to the phone line now. Let's go to Jersey. New Jersey, by the way. Mitch, Mitch in New Jersey. You're on LA Gridiron Weekly. What's going on, Mitch? How's it going, Kirk? Thanks for taking my call. I'm sure you play up there in the Meadowlands. Maybe the old, the new, you're not that old. Thank yeah, God. I, I've played there when they had the door uh, or, or the, the gate right behind the uh, the field goal post. And they would open up that girl, little gate, the little garage door. And all of a sudden, there was this wind swirl at the old Meadowlands that I'd seen kickers during pregame warm-ups kick a football and literally pushed it 10 feet to the left. It was unbelievable. But that's the old Meadowlands. Now they got the new MetLife Stadium, which is absolutely beautiful as well. But, yes, I have played in the old Meadowlands, man. Thanks thanks for the memory, Mitch. What you got for me? Okay. Hey, I like all, all the draft choices, but all L.A. teams, mainly with the Rams. Three different linemen, that's great. Give um, uh, I'm sorry, man, I'm slipping my mind. Give our defense line much help for our yes. Hall of Famer, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Uh, the wide receivers, do, do we really need three? Because I'm happy with uh, Cooper, uh, Cup, and, and um, Woods. But I know they went to the fast one, and we signed Deshaun Jackson. But the first one, you got some great names. Tutu, he's another 165 pounds. I think we got to get, I think our wide receivers are a little bigger, more durable. <laughs> but uh, the names Tutu, yeah. uh, Funk, I think Funk can um, give uh, help with the running backs with deep there, too. Yeah, and my favorite name, the defensive back, Rochelle Rochelle, and that's the same one. That's the same one. Thanks for taking my call, Kurt. Yeah, Mitch, appreciate it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the uh, Rams dig. They've got some all name teams here, right? Guys who will make the all name team. I'll just run through a couple of them for the guys who were drafted with the Rams. Uh, you have a Tutu Atwell. You got Bobby Brown. The third, okay, no relation, but Bobby Brown, the third, Robert Rochelle. Uh, you have the Jake Funk, he plays running back. So, obviously, we already know the hashtags, bring the funk, are going to be something that we hear a lot of. Ben 
Skronik. Skronik. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Skronik. There it is. I'm getting all these names. We're still, we're still learning these players. And this is what I think the NFL draft does for so many people. It brings you new stories. You know, we had Lindsay Theory on. She's an ESPN reporter uh, for the Rams. And, and she talked about how the draft brings a certain energy to the NFL. It brings energy to your team because now you got like this new blood. You got new stories, new guys who you need to learn because they're going to be a part of this team, you know, three, four, five seasons, however long, maybe longer, just depending. You can't keep them all. Not all of them will make the team, but it is fun to learn these new stories, learn the new guys, the new faces all around. And so I, I get excited when you get this new blood in that you get to learn their new names, learn them. The Chargers, on the other hand, they did get a first-round pick as well. They had a first-round pick, I should say. They went out and got, to me, a guy who I had rated even higher than where he was drafted at pick 13. But with the 13th pick in the NFL draft, the Chargers selected Rashawn Slater of Northwestern, offensive tackle, guy who opted out. But, man, when he was in the game, when you watched him in that 2019 tape, Rashawn Slater, that's a man. That is a man. And for all those people who don't know Rashawn Slater, Google him. Just type it in. Go to your internet search engine. Type in Rashawn Slater lifting weights. This man put up over 400 pounds on a front squat and did it multiple reps. Look, trust me. I can do some squatting back in my day. You know, you put some weight on your back, get down a couple times. Yeah, I used to be able to do that. This man putting over 400 pounds on his front, meaning that on his front shoulders and holding it up and squatting it. That's what the Chargers got at pick 13. Rashawn Slater, I think that we're going to hear his name for many, many years to come. But how did your team do? Is there something that we missed, something that you liked? I want to hear from you. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Remember, on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison, your questions will be answered. Use that hashtag, too, L-A-G-W, L-A-G-W for L-A Gridiron Weekly. But coming up next, Jim Nagy. He's the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. I'm a Reese's Senior Bowl alum. I know what that game means. But in a year like 2020, all right, 2020 was different for college football players, which made the 2021 draft a little bit different in terms of scouting. The Reese Senior Bowl helped out in so many ways, and we'll get the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. He's coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Yo, welcome back in, everybody. Welcome back in, L.A. Gridiron Weekly. And, man, uh, my next guest, I can't wait to talk to him because every time I hear his name, I get excited because it brings me back memories of my collegiate days. And it brings me back memories of when I was once getting selected to the National Football League with its NFL draft. But, man, without further ado, I bring in my guy, Jim Nagy, who is the uh, executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl, former NFL scout, but I think his job's a lot harder, and he's a great follow on Twitter, at Jim Nagy underscore SB for Senior Bowl. But, Jim, uh, welcome to the show. 
the one thing that I can say is that, and tomorrow is Mother's Day, and I'm going to keep saying it all show long, happy Mother's Day to all those moms. But, man, I felt like last week the NFL draft was like Father's Day for you. You seem like a proud papa watching all of these senior bowl guys who you invited all of a sudden get taken in the NFL draft, man. I'm following your Twitter feed, and I could just – the energy that came from you seeing the guys who you handpicked to play in your game now get selected. Just tell me how the draft weekend was for you overall, Jim. Yeah, Kirk, it's good to be on with you. Um, it certainly is a little bit like a proud papa moment. I mean, a lot of work goes into it over the course of the year when we've already started on 2022. So, I mean, you're, you're watching these guys for over a year. And then just my background in scouting, and, and, and that's the one thing I miss about working with a team is, is you know, like having, you know, trying to get to a Super Bowl with with a group of guys. I miss that, you know, I kind of miss that camaraderie element to it. But but scouting as long as I did, you know, you do, you get close to the players, you get close to their stories and where they come from. Um, and so for them to get to draft weekend and really realize their dreams for them and their families, I mean, that's the good stuff. So, um, yeah, really, really excited about, about last weekend. We had 106 players drafted. Wow. It was the first time that we'd had triple digits ever in the game. And and that, uh, that 106 figure was 41% of this year's draft came from uh, Mobile. So we wow. were uh, – we're excited about that. Fired up for all those guys. I've tried to connect with all of them, you know, between last week and now and, and just hit them back up and tell them how excited we are. So, yeah, draft weekend's always a good time. You know, Jim, I tell people my, my experience in Mobile as a senior bowl alum playing in that game back in 2005 was one of my best college moments in terms of football. Because here I am coming from a, a non-power five, a group of five school, and I'm going against some of the, you know, the best seniors in all of the country. And we're going at it. And I was picked, you know, as a team captain, uh, you know, by my peers. And so I, I really took that as a badge of honor. I ended up being drafted by the team, the Raiders, who were actually coaching me. And I realized just how important that game was after the fact. And so now when you do give that call to some of these players or you bring out that invitation, do you think players really understand now how huge that the Reese Senior Bowl is? I hope so, Kirk. I, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love hearing that from you. Uh, we need to we need to create, create some quote graphics from you on that to pump out <laughs> on social media. But but I hope they do. I hope they do. We worked really hard the past three years. You brought up the Twitter stuff. I mean, that was really foreign to me. Before I took this job, I was never on social media as a scout in the NFL. Like there was no reason to be on it. I was never on it. <laughs> um, but we've worked really hard to grow that um, over the last few years and, and really connect with these players because let's face it, I've got a 16-year-old son now and they, yeah. these guys live on their phones. Um, I tell a funny story. There, we had a defensive lineman a couple of years ago in the game and uh, I get an email notification when these guys accept their invite. And okay. my, phone, my phone pings on a Saturday morning. And I look down and it's 12 minutes to kickoff of this kid's of this player's game. So he was accepting his invite 12 minutes before kickoff in the locker room. So, <laughs> uh, that yeah. tells you how much these, the phones are in these guys' hands. But uh, no, we, we worked hard and I think they understand it. You know, and the, the great part is when, you, when you're pulling from a lot of these same schools every year, or even in a case like San Diego State, like we have a guy come out from a group of five and, and you see that, you know, teammates see that player get drafted and, and to me, our best recruiters are the guys that played in the game. Yeah. So we want them all to have a great experience here. So they go back and they tell their teammates, hey, man, if you get a chance to go to Mobile, take advantage of it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, ho hopefully it's trickling down. Hopefully, hopefully guys are realizing that.
Jim Nagy joining us here on LA Gridiron Weekly. So here locally, the flavor, obviously the Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers. We do get out to Vegas in the Las Vegas Raiders. But when you look at the guys who played in the game that the Chargers went after, I believe the Chargers drafted five guys from the Senior Bowl. I think the Rams drafted about three or four. Uh, the Raiders drafted a guy or two out of there. Um, what can you say just about uh, some of the guys who were drafted here in Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of back and forth with Tom Telesco during the draft when they were picking some of the guys, really happy for, for some of the guys they picked. But, they, they, you know, Josh Palmer, the receiver from Tennessee yeah. that uh, San Diego picked, um, I thought was a great pick. He was one of my, like, sleeper-type guys, whatever that means nowadays. I don't know if any of these guys are sleepers <laughs> as much as we all talk about them. Right. Um, but, I, you know, I, I was excited for that pick because Josh is a guy that maybe from a numbers perspective wasn't up there with some of the, the best in the country um, but when, you know, obviously receiver is a dependent position, you need a lot of things around, you need the line to protect, you need the quarterback to get you the ball. Correct. Um, so that, that, those were some impacted things with the Vols for him. But when you saw what he did against some of the best corners in this year's draft class, and that's what the NFL teams look at, you know, what right. did he do against guys that are going to be playing at the next level? Absolutely. Um, whether it was Pat Sertain at Alabama or the guys from Georgia. I mean, those were the games where Josh really stood out. And that's what I hit Justin Herbert up immediately when, when they picked Josh and, and also Trey McKitty, the, the tight end from Georgia. Yeah. Those were their two third round picks and they were both here in the game. And I hit, I hit Justin up and I'm like, man, you're going to like throwing to those two guys. Like they just went and got you a couple weapons. So um, yeah, really excited for those guys. And then, uh, you know, the Rams circled back and, and picked a number of guys. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who Les got um, with the Rams, but um, I think yeah. between the two teams in L.A., I think we have uh, eight or nine senior bowlers heading out that way. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that the senior ball always presents is a firsthand opportunity for all scouts, all coaching staffs, the NFL truly to descend down there into Mobile. But this year was a little bit different, obviously, because of many opt outs, um, 2020, the pandemic. But we still had five quarterbacks drafted in the first round and Jim I gotta let you know that I actually had a six quarterback go in the first round a guy who was actually in the Reese Senior Bowl in Kyle Trask okay. he was my 32nd pick the only thing was I just had it the wrong pick he went 64 to the to the tab <laughs> right team just wrong round but right. when, you, when you look at just these quarterbacks in this draft uh, all five of them and then the six that eventually was taken um by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kyle Trask what did you see from these quarterbacks in your experience of scouting yeah it was a good group you know I think history shows it plays out they all don't hit right I think it's you know <laughs> right. less than 50 50 so I don't know if all these guys are gonna you know realize their potential but they all, they all have something to, to really get excited about, and that's why they went in the first round. I, I'll speak from a team's perspective. You take a guy in the first round, you're, you're pinning your future on him, right? right. Um, I mean, you're saying that guy's going to be our franchise quarterback. And, and again, when the, the term franchise quarterback is used in the NFL, I mean, there's certain quarterbacks you can win with, right? Yeah. I'm sure you've played with some guys. Hey, if we're good <laughs> enough around this guy, we support this guy, we can win with him. Correct. But then there's the guys that you win because of. Right. And, and I think all these guys where they were drafted in the top 15 teams saw those guys as, you know what, we can win because these are these are the re this dude's the reason why we're going to be going to the playoffs every year. So the, the unique thing about this class is they're all a little bit different from a from a tools perspective, a skill set perspective, um, whether you got you know, Trevor Lawrence, just the prototype, you know, big, fast, strong really accomplished guy all the way down to Mac Jones, you know, who just really super accurate, really cerebral. 
you know, Justin Fields brings a lot to the table in terms of his athleticism and arm talent. I mean, they, they're all different. Um, but again, the teams all saw something enough in them to take them in the top half of the first round. So now we, we, we finished the 2021 NFL draft. For me, I had a chance to finally exhale, all right? Take a little deep breath, Jim. But that's not you. That's not the case for you. You're already building towards the 2022 Reese Senior Bowl. Tell me what goes in that uh, goes into that. How do you start the chart, and then how do you start to add guys as the college football season approaches? Yeah, you're giving me anxiety, Kirk. I got a lot of work to do. Uh, Sorry, man. I'm actually staring at our board right here that we just uh, we just took all the 2021 guys off, and we just added all the 2022 guys back on. Um, but our guys in house, our scouting assistants have been. Uh, we've got three in house scouting assistants, and they've been cranking away since the middle of November, um, kind of gave those guys a couple of weeks to, to, for them to exhale okay. after our game. And then they jumped on this year's class. So right now we've got all the power five guys graded um, and they're jumping right. into the group of five guys now. And I've got a ton of catch up to do because I'm looking at over, I'm looking at over 300 names on the board right now. So I got a lot of work to do, man. <laughs> I got a lot of work. I got a lot of work to do, but we pride ourselves on doing our own work. Um, we've got a really good scouting staff. We're going to add some guys in the fall, um, you know, experienced NFL guys that, again, this is a, this is a tough time in the NFL right now. you got a lot of guys that are getting let go. Um, right. When there's new regime changes, there are six new GMs this year, so there's going to be guys being let go. What we've tried to cre- create here at the Senior Bowl is a scouting staff, like an opportunity for those guys to – this our game to be kind of a soft landing spot for those guys for a year okay. where they can stay engaged in the game, stay engaged in that year's draft class, and then hopefully hook back on the following year We've had great success doing it that way. It gives us an experienced set of eyes and guys that are well-connected in the league and at the college level um, to, to help us scout our players. And uh, it's, really been a, it's really been a nice relationship. you know. So I'm, I'm looking right now to see who those guys are that are going to maybe shake free from the teams, build our scouting staff moving into the fall, and uh, build it the right way. You know, We, we do all our own work, but, but at the same time, like, we don't have the ego to think that we have all the answers. So once we get into the fall process, when we get into November, December, and it comes time to invite players, I will reach out to all 32 teams and, and really go over our board and compare notes and make sure we're bringing the guys to Mobile that they want to see. All right, hey, last question for you, Jim. I know you got to run, but um, for me, how will you remember this NFL draft? Because I'm, I'm putting a bow on it. I'm done. After this week, I won't talk <laughs> about it anymore, Jim. But how will you remember the 2021 draft? I mean, the, the, to me, the only way to, to remember it is just the, the impact COVID had on it. Um, okay. You know, this was a really challenging year. We didn't even know we were going to have a game until about late October, early November. You got to understand, like, here we were in January, really in the middle of COVID. Um, we, t- we, had, we had some backlash that we were right. even having a game, um, you know, and we, we didn't move forward. And like I said, until early November, until we knew we could do it safely. So it took a lot, not only with like health officials, but also guys at the college level, guys at the NFL level. You know, what are you guys doing? Like, what are your protocols? What's working? What's not working? What do we need to do? Um, so we had all our players. I mean, put yourself back in the players' perspective. You coming out of San Diego State, these guys had to submit a negative COVID test within 48 hours of travel to Mobile. With a, we quarantined them in a hotel upon arrival where we tested them. We woke them up the next day, tested them again. Before we even put them into the players' hotel, um, and then when the NFL guys came in again, they had to submit negative tests before coming in. They got tested every day, 
So we ended up testing over, over 3,600 tests were administered between our staff, our support staff, the NFL guys, the players. And I can, I can, I can graciously say right now that we only had one positive test the entire week. Um, everything came off, everything came off great. We, you know, we, I jokingly say we, we, we spent over $12,000 in plexiglass for the team interviews. <laughs> so they were doing this. So we made it through, hopefully we will never have to do it again. Um, but again, just like you said, a week ago, we, we saw it all come together and this was that our week was the only week the NFL teams got in front of the players and vice versa. So we're, we were happy to make it happen for those players and for those teams. And we're looking forward to now a 2022 where hopefully we can uh, get a little back to normal. Well, look, Jim, uh, I, I appreciate the time. I know probably a ton of NFL executives are thanking you and sending gifts. So if you can't take all the gifts, I can send you my address. I'll take some of those gifts off your hands. But man, again, no, Jim, a job well done with the Reese Senior Bowl. Uh, and yeah, I guess best of luck and we'll see each other soon as you get ready to prepare for next year's game, man. But uh, thank you for the time, Jim, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, Kurt, appreciate you having me on. This was fun. <laughs> That was Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. We'll get your reactions to that interview, but then also, too, your phone calls. Man, lines have been blowing up. Thank you uh, for the phone calls. We will get to you coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Back here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Again, happy Mother's Day weekend to all those moms out there, people you call mom mom-like figures, whatever it may be, man. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there resting and living. We wish you and honor you on this Mother's Day weekend. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Man, special thanks to Jim Nagy, the executive director from the Reese's Senior Bowl, dropping some gems on us. Uh, again, man, I, I just get so much, I just get goosebumps thinking about my time at the Senior Bowl and how it helped my career. And so good to hear from Jim as well. Coming up in about 10 minutes, the voice of the Los Angeles Rams, J.B. Long. He'll join L.A. Gridiron Weekly in about 10 minutes. But to the phone lines, your phone calls. I know we've been jam-packed. Appreciate your patience as well. And, again, it's not about just L.A. teams. It's about teams all over the National Football League, even college, high school, whatever you want to talk about, that's what L.A. Gridiron Weekly is here for you for. Hashtag L-A-G-W. But you know what? Let's go to uh, let's go to line three, Juan in Azusa. What's going on, Juan? You're on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. How you doing, Juan? What up, man? How you doing today? Happy Saturday. Hey, happy Saturday to you, my man. What you got for me? So I'm an Eagles fan, man, and I wanted to say I feel like uh, – I mean, it's nothing new. The league and then just uh, fans of the league in general don't really have a, a a liking for the Eagles or the Eagles fans, but I feel like we're not getting enough attention or respect for that sniper pick they pulled, man. They traded up <laughs> with the Cowboys and they got Devontae Smith, yeah. Heisman Trophy winner, to add to the receiving core. I think it's a good pick, and I think they won the draft. E-A-G-L-E-S-E. Eagles. I had to throw it out there just because I have a ton of friends who are Eagles fans, grew up in, you know, they grew up in Philadelphia, near Jersey. So they're big time Eagles fans. And look, the Eagles, I wouldn't say that they won the draft, but they definitely came up and stole a player who I think the Dallas Cowboys would have coveted. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys were picking oh, at yeah. pick 11 
And here comes the Eagles jumping right in front and grabbing Devontae Smith. Uh, look, I, I do like just, the Eagles. Just looking at the, looking at the East, right? Yeah. All you got to do is get to the playoffs. So the Correct. Giants went, and when they need to get some offensive linemen, they went, again, they went ahead and picked a cornerback or a receiver, I think. So they're out of the mix again. Cowboys went in. They don't got a, a quarterback right now. A guy broke his ankle. Eagles looking like they could go right, sneak into the playoffs again, and then once you get there, you never know what can happen. And they look good to me. They got a couple young receivers. They got rid of Alshon Jeffrey. They yeah. got rid of Shashon Jackson. Zach Gertz is out of the way. They're young and healthy. Jalen Hurts in the backfield, slinging the, slinging the rock. Young Michael Vick. I mean, speed kills. And the Eagles got a lot of speed out there right now. Yeah, they do. And look, you mentioned it again. And for all those people, you know, here in Los Angeles, a lot of people focus on the NFC West. But I do like watching the NFC East. Remember last year, the NFC East, 7-9 and nine won you a division, right? Think about that. 7-9 and nine won you a division last year by the Washington football team. So how much better can these teams be? I mean, you got to throw Dak Prescott in the mix. Will this Cowboys team be better with Dak Prescott now coming back? All right, well, we've got to look at the Daniel Jones, quarterback of the New York Giants. And think about as much as you talk about these Eagles and what they did, you got to give some props to Dave Gettleman and the New York football Giants. They had an outstanding draft too, right? Think about what they were able to do. Not only they got Kenny Galladay in free agency, but they were able to get Kadarius Toney as well, wide receiver, uh, another guy to go along with their offense. Okay, so they got some pieces there. I kind of like what they did, but when it comes to the Eagles in general, and look, man, well, I appreciate the phone call, brother. I really do, man. Hashtag LAGW 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776. The Eagles addressed wide receiver, major need, but they got a guy for their young quarterback. Same thing, they went and got a center, Landon Dickerson, former Alabama center for their quarterback. Two guys in which their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, they know they know, so that's some chemistry already there. They address the needs for this football team while also doing what? Getting more picks for next year. Okay? They got more picks for next season. So that's where I look at right now currently the NFL draft, and I say, wow, some teams are all about this year, but there's some teams that are also setting themselves up for a pretty good offseason next year when they got multiple picks. So we'll see how this thing's go how this thing goes. But man, appreciate the phone call, Juan. Giving us some little NFC East talk here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Let's grab one more phone call before we gotta take a break because JB Long, the Rams, play by play announcer, will join LA Gridiron Weekly. Let's go to uh let's go to La Habra. Steve in La Habra. You're on LA Gridiron Weekly. What's going on, Steve? Hey, not much, buddy. I'm glad you have the show on Saturday morning so we can concentrate on football here in L.A. Absolutely. I think it's a great thing, and I, I look forward to listening to you every Saturday, not just now during before the season, but also after and uh, during. So, But the Rams draft, I was happy with the Rams draft. Um, yes. I don't know if you – it's okay if we don't have first-round picks. I'd rather have two second rounds or three third rounds than one first-round pick. When yes. the Rams lost – to the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years back, I believe out of the starting 22 players on offensive defense for the Patriots, they only had one first-round pick. The rest were second through seven. So it's the quality of pick. Um, I wasn't happy, though, that the Rams 
traded with our enemy, the 49ers. Um, so the <laughs> 49ers were able to pick up that, that young man from Ohio State. He looks big and strong, and I'm afraid that guy's going to be running the ball down our throats for years to come. Um, <laughs> yeah, Trey As far as the Chargers go, they, they had a good draft, but if a tree falls in the woods and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a noise? <laughs> Sadly, the, the, the Chargers have no fans here. They, they don't. I mean, and when people are coming to SoFi, and I, I look forward to it, if they're playing, um, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who's going to be there? Unless they give all the tickets away to the Boys and Girls Club, no one's going to go. And I think the best thing for the Chargers, and I'd like your opinion on this, is to sell the team to a Steve Ballmer type who has boatloads of money, maybe sell it to Melinda Gates. She has a lot of money. And have them move <laughs> back down to San Diego and build their own stadium um, just like Mr. Kroenke did, just like Steve Ballmer is, you know, near the Rams, near SoFi Stadium, and, and move the Chargers back down to San Diego where they belong. Love the show. Look forward to hearing it every Saturday. Oh, man, appreciate it, man. Thank you, Steve. Oh, man, that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot there because you, you got to understand the NFL, we all know that they're, they're, they're I won't call them arrogant, but definitely they, uh, they've got an ego. And they're not going to say, well, we got it wrong. The Chargers coming to Los Angeles, we got it wrong. The one thing I can say is this. As you've seen the value of the Chargers pick up since they moved to L.A., it doesn't matter about the stadium. It's it's about these new television rights, the new TV deals that just came out of recent where they signed with Fox, CBS, right? Amazon now will carry the Thursday night package, all right? ESPN, all these new TV deals. Hey, Brother Steve, that's where the money coming from. It don't matter how many people in and out of the stadium. That's just a surplus. That's just more for the, the team's day-to-day, you know, revenue in terms of, you know, I, I guess just the, the inside stuff, right, the inside team revenue, those purchases. But it's revenue sharing in the NFL, all right? So, look, the Chargers are going to do really well, but it just comes with, with, with winning. They'll find a fan base. They'll get people to come out. It's not as it's not as bad as people may think it's going to be, but they've got the quarterback right. So at least that's one piece, one piece that people can grow and learn. And it's it's not about this generation that we have of football fans currently. This is a long play. This is a long term investment. It's about the new younger fan up and coming who can grab a hold to a team in Los Angeles and watch it grow for years to come. It's the, if we're looking at right now or the first five years of SoFi, it's probably not going to be good. But I'm looking at the projections of years five, six, seven, eight, where the fan now gets older, where now football, which was not here five seasons ago in L.A., guess what? It's here. It's here. And now I've got my little six-year-old over here asking me for a Justin Herbert jersey. Hey, that's just the way the game goals so it's going to be a long play man and i feel, i appreciate the conversation here on la gridiron weekly thank you Stephen lahabra for the phone call more of your phone calls 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 more of your phone calls in a little bit but first we take a break to talk with the rams play-by-play announcer the voice of the rams He's none other than J.B. Long. That's coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.